Welcome to God's Playbook with your host, Father Rico Passero. It's a 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Touchdown! Let's play ball. Friends, welcome back to God's Playbook. We left off in our study of the Mass with the fourth Eucharistic prayer. We study Eucharistic prayer 1, 2, 3, and 4. And later on, we're going to deal with the special Eucharistic prayers, but I want to continue on with the communion rite, which will bring us to the close of Mass. So from the end of the Eucharistic prayer, after we say the great Amen, after what's called the doxology, through him, with him, and in him, O God Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. That's one of the most important Amens we say, is the Amen at the end of the Eucharistic prayer. So then our posture changes. We go from kneeling to standing, and each of us stand together. So the, the presiding priest is standing. All the people of God are now standing. The hands of a priest continue to be in the orans position, which means palms up, arms extended, signifying that the prayers of the people are being raised up to God. That's the role of the priest, one of the roles of the priest anyways. Um, The priest then says, At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say. So we are realizing where this prayer came from. It was not created by a human being. It was created by God himself, Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. So at the Savior's command, Jesus is the one who's telling us to pray. And formed by divine teaching, signifying again, that this is God's teaching for us, we dare to say. Now, you might ask yourself the question, dare is a strong word. Why wouldn't the priest then just say, we pray, or we say, or something else? Well, it's this whole notion of, for the Jewish people, they saw God as distant, the name that is so holy that it should not be named. Yahweh is not to be said. His name is to be revered, and this is beautiful. And Pope Emeritus Benedict, God rest his soul, reminded us when he was our Holy Father in active ministry of the importance of not saying God's name. And so the song, Yahweh, I know you are near, we say, Oh God, I know you are near. Yahweh's name is to be respected. But here, Jesus teaches us to call God our Father, So we dare to say, or in the old liturgy, it said, we have the courage to say, and then we we begin the Lord's Prayer. So this signifies that Jesus has given us permission to speak in such ways. And so we dare to call God our Father. Why? Because Jesus has given us the green light. He has allowed us to do just that. As a young person... Growing up, my parents always taught us to respect our elders by calling them Mr. or Mrs. last name. And in some cases where they didn't know the last name of the person, we were to call them by their first name. But still, Mr. I remember a man who ran a religious goods store, a very holy person who I know listens to this podcast. And my mom said, you're to refer to him as Mr. O'Brien. And so I didn't know Brian's last name, and I won't say it here for his privacy, but you know who you are, Mr. Brian. To this day, 
I still call him Mr. Brian out of respect, and he reminds me his name's just Brian. But the reality is just a sign of respect, just like you call me Father Rico. I'm not Rico or Hey You or something like that. It's this idea of respecting the ordination of a priest by calling him by his full name, Father, and then I like being called by my first name. Some priests like being called by their last name. But here, in a much greater respect, we are calling God our Father. This is the name that he wishes us to address him as. And then we pray the beautiful Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now we are to admit the word amen, because amen means yes, I believe everything that the other person said. But because we're saying it as a communal response, we omit the word amen there. So we're to end with deliver us from evil, because everyone is praying these words, right? The priest invites us to pray, and we pray it as a community, as a family of faith. I have a whole podcast in previous seasons that speaks of the Lord's Prayer, so I'm not going to unpack the beauty of the Lord's Prayer at this time. But nonetheless, this is the most beautiful and powerful prayer we have. Why? Instituted by Jesus, instructed by Jesus. Therefore, because he has asked us to pray it, we are to pray it. Then, friends, the priest and the priest alone says this prayer. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Very, very, very beautiful, powerful prayer. So let's unpack this prayer a little bit. Deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. So again, stemming from the teaching of Jesus in the Lord's Prayer, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The priest is affirming, deliver us, Lord, we pray from every evil. Only through God's help can we overcome temptation and sin, the devil and all of his power. So it's not something that you and I can do on our own, friends, but we rely on the deliverance of our God. Then it goes on to say, graciously grant peace in our days. So this longing for peace, peace in our heart, peace in our families, peace in our parish, peace in our church, peace in our community, peace in our diocese, peace in our country, peace in our world, right? But it's saying in our days. This is talking about today and for the rest of my life, in our days. That's what that means. It's to signify that each of us are longing for peace for as long as we live, whatever that is. But it also refers to the days that are to come, the days that are different from our days, our 24-hour periods. For a moment before God is like a thousand years. That by the help of your mercy, again, we rely on the mercy of God alone, we may be always free from sin. It is God's mercy who forgives sin, who delivers us from sin, and protects us from sin. It's our fighting past his grace that pushes us back into the traps of sin. So again, we are asking and giving acknowledgement that it is through God's mercy and help that we are free from sin. 
And then it goes on to say, and safe of all distress. What does it mean to be safe from all distress? Well, the old mass used to say anxieties, whatever troubles us. So distress speaks about things that are troubling us or things that are affecting us. And so safe from all distress, we are not to be disciples who worry. Should we plan? Yes. Should we be careful? Yes. Should we worry a little bit? Yes. Should we worry a lot? No. Jesus says 365 times in sacred scripture, do not be afraid or something to that effect dealing with and attacking fear. The devil wants us to be afraid because fear cripples us, but God wants us to be free. And so safe from all distress, God is our protector. He is the one who holds us in the palm of his hands. He has the power to deliver us from whatever troubles us. So we call upon this power as we say these words. And then it ends with our hope, our hope in God. As we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So friends, not only do we worship a God who was, who is, and who is to come, we recognize this God past, present, and future. We've studied this extensively in God's playbook in season three earlier in the year, where we called upon salvation history and how we are reminded how God continues to walk amidst the people through all times and all places, whether we are faithful or not, God continues to walk with us. And so this blessed hope, the second coming of Jesus, that's what we are hoping for. And if we're called home to be with God in heaven before the second coming of Jesus, before the final judgment, then so be it. But it's this hope and this presence of God who's going to come back to bring this final redemption for all of us, a new heaven and a new earth, as the book of Revelation reminds us so beautifully in the visions of St. John, which we will address at future times, eventually here on God's playbook. But for now, as we continue to unpack this prayer, this is the part that the priest says, then you reply, for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. The priest does not say this with you. This is the people's response. So for the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours. In other words, all glory is given to God. God, for his kingdom, his power, his glory, everything should glorify God now and forever. Again, in fulfillment of the scriptures, that every tongue will profess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we look forward to that day. For now, we are the ones who profess it. But we look forward to everyone professing that, that truth, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and that it is through Christ alone where our hope is found, salvation given, eternal life awaits. So after this, the priest continues by saying, Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. So let's unpack this part. So Lord Jesus Christ, we know that we are addressing the second person of the Blessed Trinity, who said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. These are the words of Jesus, especially after his resurrection. 
So the resurrected Jesus, when we read those parts in the Gospels and throughout the Acts of the Apostles, we see that the Apostles reference Jesus as saying, peace be with you, over and over and over again. That Jesus does not want us to be crippled in fear, as we discussed, but he wants us to be free. He wants us to be disciples of peace. And this is a peace that only God can give, that humans cannot give, okay? Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. So we're asking God to look past our faults, to look past our unfaithfulness, to look past our sinfulness, our anger, our resentment, all the things that block us from God, and ask him to mercifully look upon the faith of the church, as we say, the faith that only God can know. And so it's so important for us to acknowledge this, friends, that um, we are calling upon the mercy of God throughout the Mass and throughout the many prayers of mercy that we ask God to listen to. And graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will. So again, who's the her here? We're talking about the church, capital C. So not our local parish, but the, the global church, meaning all people, everyone. And, you know, the Catholic church is included in everyone, of course. But it's all in accordance with God's will. God's will be done. No matter what we think God's will should be, God's will is done. And so it is up to God to make the rules. It is up to God to set the standard. It's up to God to bring the judgments who live and reign forever and ever. Again, this is a statement of faith. Who live and reign, he is in charge forever and ever. That's what the glory be prayer suggests. Forever and ever, amen, right? With no end, no beginning and no end. God, the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, okay? All things go through God. He is in charge of heaven and earth and all creation. And that's when the people again respond, amen, because the priest has said this on his own and the people say, yes, I believe what Father just said. And then he says, the peace of the Lord be with you always. Or my brothers and sisters, the peace of the Lord be always with you. Something to that effect, okay? And this is very important to realize that the same peace that Jesus wanted to give to the apostles is the peace that the priest is asking God to give upon the community of faith gathered at that Mass, himself included and all the people present and those who are not present. This peace, again, that only God can give, not a peace that I feel while I'm on retreat or a peace that, you know, looking out onto Lake Ontario from my backyard with a drink in hand or my favorite book that I, I feel peaceful. Well, I'm glad you feel peaceful, but this peace is bigger than the peace that we experience in our backyard. This is the peace of Jesus. So our response is, and with your spirit, signifying that you also want peace for your priest. Please, God, we want peace for our priest because we need peace too. Then the priest says, if he's present or if there's a deacon present, the deacon then uses these words, let us offer each other the sign of peace. And friends, what's so beautiful about this part is that this is to signify the peace that God gives by giving peace to one another. So we are offering the peace of Jesus to one another. In other words, we are to be reconciled to one another. This is where we let all the issues that happen in the car before we go to Mass to put them aside. 
husband fighting with wife, parent fighting against child, sibling fighting against brother or sister, issues with fellow parishioner because of what they said at the last parish meeting, issues with my pastor because I don't like what he's doing, pastor's issues with parishioners because they're a pain in the neck, etc., etc., etc. This peace is not just offered to the people I know. You might say, well, I don't need to make peace with this other stranger. I don't know them. But what we're saying is we want peace for them with whatever struggles they're dealing with, whatever people they're dealing with. This is not meant to be exclusive. It's meant to be inclusive. And so the proper gesture is the shaking of hands. Now, you might be out in a part of the world where the shaking of hands is not part of your culture. I know those of who join us as listeners from Asia, they, they have the profound bow, bowing to each other, recognizing Christ in each other. But for most of the world, Canada, United States, all through Europe, Australia, other parts I visited, this continues to be the sign, the sign of shaking hands. And I know through COVID, we weren't allowed to do so, and some people still don't like shaking hands. But what's very important, friends, is we continue this very tradition. And to look somebody in the face when you're shaking their hand, showing that what you're saying is what you actually mean. So this very great importance of shaking hands and making peace with one another. And this also suggests that I'm making a commitment to letting go of the drama I brought to church, the resentment, the ill will, the anger, the feelings of hatred that I might have towards somebody. God wants us to be instruments of peace. And so the sign of peace is also very important. So I want us to reflect upon this part of what's called the communion rite and to recognize the importance of praying the Lord's Prayer from our heart, recognizing that we're asking God to protect us from evil and all that troubles us, and then making peace with brother or sister. Not the time to check in on how the Maple Leaf game was last night, not to ask how are the kids doing, not to start fidgeting and talking, but we are offering peace with one another, preparing us, as Jesus said in the scriptures, if you have an issue with your brother or sister, you're to leave your gift at the altar and go make peace with them and then come to the altar. So we are called to make peace with one another as we prepare our hearts to receive Jesus in Holy Communion. So friends, let us continue to unpack the beauty of Mass with this part of the communion rite and ensure that each of us are not only praying from our heart, but seeking reconciliation from God and one another for the times in which our troubles divide us, our words, our behaviors create wedges in our relationships. Let's cast them aside and wish the peace of Jesus to be upon each one of us. For God's Playbook Friends, I'm Father Rico. God loves you and so do I. If you like what you hear, please consider supporting us using any of our affiliate links in the description below via Budsprout, Ko-Fi, or GoFundMe. Thanks, and God bless.